Good day, brothers and sisters. Well, welcome once again to the CMI School of Christ. And uh, we're going to continue our class, The Great Mercy of God. <clears throat> and uh, our last class, we were just looking basically at, at the place where Abram comes back to the land, or shall, shall I say more specifically, the Lord brings Abram back. And I, I think that's the whole, the whole issue with, with the whole situation of, the, of this journeying of Abram. And uh, I'm not sure if I've mentioned it before in these English classes, but I've definitely you know, gone through the verses uh, in the Spanish classes, and you, you can uh, search it out in the Scriptures. But uh, throughout the Scriptures, uh, Abram himself confesses the Lord who brought me the Lord who brought me, the Lord who brought me. And even uh, in other passages of the scriptures, they're speaking concerning Abram and saying how the Lord brought our father Abram and how the Lord brought our father Abraham and how the Lord brought Abraham. And see, that's the whole, the, the whole issue of this journey here is that the Lord is the one who initiates everything. Man on his own, we've looked at it, man on his own, uh, had, had the God of glory, as, it, as uh, Stephen said it in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 7, verses 1 through 4, had the God of glory not appeared unto our father Abram while he dwelt in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Haran, basically while he dwelt in Ur of the Chaldees, had the God of glory not appeared unto him, then Abram would have continued just as always an idol worshiper. Um, worship, I mean, his father was an idol worshiper. Uh, <clears throat> I know that several, uh, I've, I've, I've been reading just several different commentaries, and I know that several different commentaries mention how that, uh, how that Terah, Abram's father, was an idol worshiper. And his that's all they did. You know, they, they worshipped many gods over here uh, in, in what Joshua would call this, this side of the flood, this side of the river, basically being Haran and Ur of the Chaldees. And they, they worshipped many gods. They were idol worshippers. And uh, <clears throat> I know at several different, uh, I've looked at several different commentaries of... Uh, of Jewish and Hebrew commentaries and how they say that that Abram himself uh, got to a point where he rebelled against all the idols and somehow he, he came to a point where he, he was convinced there was only one true God. And they say that that's why God picked him out of the whole lot. Well, uh, as I just stated it before, the whole issue with the journey of Abram is that the Lord steps in. The Lord initiates. You know, you, you can even hear it with, with the Apostle Paul. Uh, he says, you know, brethren, uh, how that not many mighty, not many wise, not many this, according to the flesh, not many. And it's not dependent upon the stature of man or man's seeking at all but it's utterly and completely dependent upon the Lord Himself. Jesus even said it Himself, No man can come to Me except the Father draw him. Period. 
I mean, I know he goes on, but that statement is true throughout eternity and the testimony testifies of it just the same. And as I was mentioning, Abram himself said, the Lord who brought me, who took me from and brought me unto this land. And uh, in the other passages, how that God brought our father Abraham. You know, that, that, that is like the, how shall I say it? The, oh, I can't think of the word. There's a word I'm thinking of, I can't think of it, but that is the factor that covers the whole thing, the Lord doing, the Lord initiating. And every it's every step of the way. It's every step of the way. Once the God of glory appears, uh, then it says, and then they came into Haran. And Abram, he camps out in Haran. His father, Terah, they camp out in Haran. And we've, we've already looked at this. And forgive me if, if we haven't looked at it in our uh, English classes, because uh, I'm not sure what I've covered in, in the English, other times I've shared on this in, in English. But basically what governed Ur is what governed Haran. You know, they worshipped the moon god, a light that is not light, a light that is seen literally in darkness. Or shall I say it and put it this way, a light that is known at darkness because they worship the moon god. And, and that's just one of the many gods, idols that they worshipped. You know? So they basically get as far as, as they know. They go as far as their enlightened ignorance will take them. Haran. And then it says, uh, I think in uh, Genesis chapter... 11, right around there, it says, and, and Terah died. Uh, Abram, Abram's father, Terah, he died in Haran. And uh, then the very beginning of uh, Genesis chapter 12, the Lord initiates yet again. And see, there was, bless you, there was something that, that was holding Abram from continuing, you know, and it was Terah's father. Because once Terah's out of the picture, the Lord steps in again. You know, or I'll just say this: Abram's the ground of Abram's heart was prepared and readied now to hear of the Lord. To hear, I won't say of the Lord, but to hear of God speaking to him. To hear God Himself once again. And I just wanted just wanted to mention that. That it's the Lord who initiated that. The Lord spoke unto Abram. It doesn't say anything that, okay, now Abram started seeking the mind of God. Now Abram set his heart to know the Lord. Or now Abram set his heart to know what direction do I go in now. It doesn't say any of that. The scripture doesn't say any of that. It just says, and the Lord spoke to Abram. And see, Abram's shortcomings or whatever, the Lord, he he did he did he did not even acknowledge that. He just continues with purpose. Get out of thy land, from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, 
unto a land, I will show thee. He repeated exactly the very, pretty much exactly the very same thing, except that he added, and from thy father's house, at this point in Genesis 12. But he basically reiterates what he initially spoke to Abram when he first appeared to Abram. Purpose didn't change. Purpose was always the same, whether Abram was aware of it or not, whether Abram was obedient unto it or not. Purpose did not change because God did not change. Everything Abram did or did not do did not change the mind, will, and purpose of God. So the Lord once again speaks. Abram now came in to, to the land and he came to Shechem, Sikem, and that's where the Lord appeared the very first time he, well, the second time he appeared the second in the land. The very first appearing was when he appeared unto Abram while he was in uh, Ur of the Chaldees. And I liken that uh, to like the new birth. But he appears the second here in the land, in the whole land. And I've, I've mentioned this several times. The land represents the soul. Abram saw the God of glory. The God of glory appeared where he is. And I just hear the same thing with, with now Paul. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb to reveal his son in me. Abram saw the Lord revealed. The Lord appeared where he is. <clears throat> and, then, uh, and then he says, well, let's just, let's just go ahead and pick this up because we're going to see it again here with our passage for this, for this class. <clears throat> it's in... Uh, where is it? Genesis chapter 12. Forgive me, I'm reading off of some Spanish notes here. (laughs) So now I'm translating my Spanish notes into English. I'm just going back and forth. Um, Let's see. Yeah, uh, in, uh, in Genesis chapter 12, verse, I'll just start with verse 1. This is when he's in, in Haran. It says, uh, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. He's declaring increase right there. But he doesn't specifically say it. But he's declaring it. Uh, I'll make of thee a great nation. There you go. That's increase. Increase. Uh, Verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord uh, had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his uh, brother's son, and all the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came, and Abram passed uh, through the land unto the place of uh, Sikkim, Shikkim, unto Sikkim, unto the plain of Moreh, 
Moreh, and the Canaanite was there in the land, uh, verse 7, and the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, and this is when the Lord appeared the second, here, Sikem, in, in Shechem. And I'm pronouncing it both ways because I don't know which way is correct. And <laughs> neither may be the correct pronunciation. Forgive me for that. <clears throat> but um, here's where the Lord appeared the second, right here in, in Sikem. And this is what the Lord says. He appears the second in the land and he says this, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who had appeared unto, them, unto him. Unto thy seed. Now it's no longer just, Abram, I'll make a great nation out of you, but unto thy seed. Very specific, declaring Christ himself. And, of course, he builds the, <clears throat> the altar there. And Abram, uh, the, the altar signifying he's now governed by this one who has appeared unto him. He's been obedient. The Lord has made him obedient unto the voice and he has come. His heart is turned and the Lord has appeared. <clears throat> and then, of course, he goes down to Egypt and um, in the great divine providence of God, the Lord brings him back. All right. What we're going to look at um, for a class here, this is Genesis 13. It's verses uh, 14 through 18. Makes more sense if I'd be in chapter 13. And all this is right after that Lot separated from Abram. Abram now once again being obedient unto the heavenly vision. Uh, and I'll just, just make a quick mention of that because it, we're going to see it also again even in, in this passage that we're going to cover. But the Lord brought him back and he came back to the place of the altar. He came back to, to Bethel, Bethel uh, between Bethel and Hai. You know, the, basically we're, we had had an, an altar there. He came back. It was, where does it say it? The second altar that Abram built. Right there in Bethel. And, and we all know that uh, right there, that's where Abram being governed in his heart now, The Lord having brought him unto purpose, unto the will of the Lord, time and time again, that being to whatever degree established in Abram's heart, Abram says to Lot, and uh, this, this is going to just really fit in really nicely here in a second, Abram says to Lot, because there's, there's contention among their herdsmen, um, Sorry, I've got to go backwards, or excuse me, I've got to cover ground before that. The reason why they went to Egypt was because there was a famine in the land. So they go to Egypt, the Lord brings them back in His divine providence. Uh, Now, there's not sufficient enough 
to sustain both Abram and his company and Lot and his. Abram and his goods and Lot and his goods. There's not sufficient enough where they currently are. And yet something is now governing Abram is more established in his heart because he tells his nephew. He tells his nephew this. He tells his, his kindred this. He tells, um, and I've read several different commentaries that say, yes, the, the, the greater blessed the lesser or the more mature uh, wanted to do this or that with the lesser. Well, he tells Lot so that Lot too may be governed by this appearing of the Lord. You know, Abram already, to whatever degree, is walking in the purpose for which his soul exists, the appearing of the Lord. That's what the land's for, for the Lord to appear in it. And you see that the very first time Abram comes into the land, the Lord appears. So he's trying to communicate this to Lot. Because Lot has been with Abram the whole journey. I mean, he came out of Ur with him, he came out of Haran with him, and he came out of Egypt with him. Lot has walked with Abram this whole time. But see, it's not, it's not good enough It's not good enough to be in the company with, to walk with someone who's walking in the purpose for which God created the soul, who's walking in the will of God. It's not good enough. And that's why I believe Abram tells Lot, basically, you too. And uh, you too must come to this purpose. Uh, But I'll I'll, uh, start with verse 8. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdsmen, and I heard men, for we be brethren. We're brothers. It's, it's beyond this natural relationship of I'm your uncle, you're my nephew. No, we are brothers in this. And purposed for the same. Verse 9. Is not the whole land before thee? And I know I covered this and I was all over this, this la- the last class. But see, that's it. That's what's governing Abram. The whole purpose of the land, and he presents it to Lot, is not the whole land before thee. That Lot would continue in purpose. That Lot would continue as Abram is now continuing in the whole reason why the God of glory appeared and called him in the first place. Remember? At the very beginning, the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham and said, Get thee out of thy land, out of thy kindred, unto a land I will show thee. The very purpose, the very reason for which God called him in the first place. Now we all know that uh, Abram, or excuse me, that Lot, he was just not governed. There was, there was no, nothing, well I can't say there was nothing there was not in his heart yet established and governing what was in the heart of Abram established and now governing. Because Abram <clears throat> is seeing more than just a plot of ground. He's not looking with the natural eye. Had he been looking with the natural eye, he would have said something like, 
God, why, why did you bring me back to the land that cannot support both me and, and my nephew in this area? When outside of this land, oh, it, it could very well support us, or back in Egypt could have supported us. You see, something's governing Abram, and he's no longer judging after the natural eye. But what's governing Abram is not yet governing Lot. Because, once again, uh, Abram tells Lot, uh, is not the whole land before thee? Choose whatever you want. The whole land is before thee. The whole land is before thee. Choose whatever you want. And of course, <clears throat> verse, uh, verse 10 of Genesis chapter 13, And Lot lifted up his eyes, and behold, all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered, Everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And they do put that in there. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, Even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest out of Zor. So Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east. And they separated themselves, the one from the other. Abram dwelled, dwelled in the land of Canaan. He continued in purpose. He didn't change. This didn't phase him. And Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. And as I stated at the last class, that probably broke Abram's heart. And yet Abram did not say, No, Lot. No, my nephew. No, my brother. No. Here is where you are to abide and remain. He didn't say that. He didn't say that because it's not written in the scripture as, as Abram was journeying south to the Negev and then how that there was a famine in the land. The Lord did not step in and say, no, Abram, you, I don't want you to go to Egypt. And I know he did, he did that with, um, I think it was Isaac, but he didn't with Abram. He didn't with Abram. And there's, there's a testimony with Isaac that's, that, that there's reason why he did that. But see, the Lord's not controlling. He presents reality. He initiates and presents the rea- reality. He presents the truth as he knows the truth to be. And he continues preparing the ground of our hearts until we are able to bear that appearing of the Lord until we are able to bear the reality of the Lord governing in the land, in our heart. So, as much as it broke uh, Abram's heart, he allows Lot to step out of purpose, to step out of the will of God, and go point his tent towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, picking up with verse 14. Now that they are separated... Now that it's very clear and very evident that there's something governing in Abram's heart that is greater than what the natural eye can see versus what is governing in Lot's heart, which is pretty much only that which the natural eye can see. Verse 14, And the Lord said to Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes 
almost reiterating the very exact same words that Abram spoke to Lot. And look from the place where there art northward and southward and eastward and westward for all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. And the Lord says to Abram, lift up your eyes. And see, he can say that. He can, the Lord says that with all confidence and sureness that Abram will not look beyond the purpose for which God called him. That Abram will not look beyond the will for which God called him. Remember? Unto a land I will show thee. The purpose of the land, the appearing of the Lord. So here's Abram in between Bethel uh, and Hai, Hai, and uh, I think uh, Gill, John Gill says that it was like on Mount Ephraim or something like that. But basically what, what the commentator said was that from there he could see it all from that mount, from that particular mount. He could see it all. But Abram didn't see anything outside of the land. He didn't see anything. He was constrained by what was governing his heart. And it wasn't a natural scene. It was a lift up thine eyes. Abram was seeing what Lot could not see. And I know I've read several different commentators and they say, because Abram, you know, was the more pious, he allowed Lot to choose. And, well, because... Uh, because of that, the Lord just gave him everything, including what Lot chose. No. No. Abram was governed by the purpose of the land. Abram was governed by the house of God, Bethel, where the Lord appears. There's one purpose, the Lord appear. So, <clears throat> appear the second unto salvation. So here, the Lord can, can just, without restraint, without constraint, without putting, <laughs> without, I'll say it this way, because there, there was no law with Abram, without laying down the law and saying, the Lord didn't have to say, okay, Abram, only here, only in the land. No, he says, lift up thine eyes and look now, north, the south, the east, the west. Everything that you see, I've given it to you and unto thy seed. Forever. And with those, with the, with that little word, where is it? For all, in verse fifteen, for all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed, forever. The Lord just established forever, made it clear forever the purpose of the land, the appearing of the Lord. Forever, and I love it because it, it just amplifies this verse that it, the Lord has so thundered in my heart since 2008, where Jesus, you know, appears to Saul of Tarsus, and basically his whole constitution, excuse me, Saul of Tarsus, his whole constitution changed, his whole condition changed, uh, 
the condition of his soul changed. Everything changed at that moment when the God of glory appeared. And he says this, I will constitute thee a minister and a witness of this, thy seeing me, and of thy seeing me hereafter forever. This is the purpose for which I have appeared, and this is the purpose from here onward forever. This thy seeing me, and thy seeing me hereafter. From this point onward, this is the purpose forever. And I love that. I could I can just think of what was rolling through Abram's mind, just the rejoicing in the Lord at that point. And I know it doesn't say, you know, that or specifically spell that out, but you can search it. The land represents the soul. And the whole story with Abram is that the Lord is appearing and there are altars. The Lord is appearing and there are altars. The Lord is speaking and there are altars. All right. Um, <clears throat> another thing that's come, that, that, that happens right here after this, and forgive me, I'm just looking around. Yeah. i got to make sure I'm going somewhat in order here. Yeah. Verse 15, For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. The Lord brings up once again purpose, and he's more specific again now to thy seed. Remember, before he kind of alluded to it, where, um, where the Lord's speaking to Abram, I will make thee a great nation. And then now, very specifically, it's kind of like the Lord bringing him on in a greater reality of the purpose of the land. The Lord bringing him on in a greater reality of the Lord himself, of the seed. Because now he mentions the seed. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. And uh, <clears throat> in verse 12, excuse me, in chapter 12, verse 6, I, w- I want to just go ahead and read that. Actually, it's verse 7. Uh, it says, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land, and there buildeth he an altar unto the Lord who had appeared unto him. And that was in uh, Sikkim, Shikem, Sikkim, when he appeared the second. First time in, in Ur the Chaldees, now he appears in the land in Sikkim. All right? And he declares the seed. That's, that's as far as it got. He just mentioned, the Lord just mentions the seed to him. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there he built it an altar unto the Lord who had appeared unto him. And that's all it mentions, just seed. Here, in uh, Genesis 13, verse 15, For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed... And see, he just... He begins to magnify the seed before Abram. I'm just picturing Joshua and the Lord speaking to Joshua. This day will I begin, begin to magnify thee in 
the sight of all Israel. And the thing is, is that Joshua was a type of Christ. And the Lord is magnified. Christ is magnified. But now to be magnified in the hearts, in the sight of all Israel. He's great. We just don't know how great he is. And uh, verse 16, once again in uh, Genesis 13. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. I will make thy seed like the dust of the earth. Increase. Increase. He goes on creating a, a greater picture of this one seed. Of this one seed of Christ and the glorified seed. Christ, the risen seed. Christ, the, the, the resurrection, the risen the resurrection himself, the risen glorified seed. Right? Let me continue going on. Um, Not the land of the breadth of it, for I will give it an... So if a man, then shall I see it also be numbered. Uh, Verse 17, Arise, walk through the land, in the length of it, and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee, then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Moreh, which is in Hebron, and there, and built there an altar unto the Lord. He goes, let's see, and built another altar unto the Lord. Uh, but he says this, go through, and forgive me, I just lost one of my notes here. He says this, uh, Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it. Just go throughout your journey in purpose. Go throughout your journey in my will. Walk in here. Walk in purpose. Walk in my will. Just go throughout the whole of it. The whole of it. From the length of it to the breadth of it. Go throughout the whole. Continue. Don't don't just just the whole. The whole of it. And uh, there's I know that there's reference to a verse uh, where Paul is saying the height, the breadth, the width, the riches of Christ. Go throughout the whole. He just he didn't. The Lord did not confine him to one place in the land. Because Abram was confined in his heart to the land and the purpose for which the land exists. And this is what Abram was confined to. And the Lord, knowing that that's already established in his heart, says, now go through the whole of it because you already know the purpose of it. Go through, search the whole of it. And we all know that the, the purpose of the land is the Lord appearing Go throughout the whole land in purpose, walking in purpose, walking in faith, because faith is seen. It's faith is seeing Christ. Faith is seeing that which cannot be seen by the natural eye, but by the eye of the heart, the eye of the soul. So the Lord just says, go through the whole of it and see all you will see. And see... Uh, forgive me, I used... Here's the thing. 
All that there is to see in the land is the Lord. Nothing less. We miss it. We miss it when, when, when the Spirit of the Lord is preparing the ground of our heart to turn to see the one who dwells in the soul. And we have some lesser expectation governing our heart, like Lot. We completely miss it. Because with God, the only thing there is to see here is the one who appears. His Son who appears. His glorified Christ who appears. His risen Lord who appears where He is in the land. And see, that's the whole expectation of the testimony. This, the testimony. Our Bible is a testimony of Christ Himself that is to birth in our hearts one expectation. And our hearts come, listen, to the full expectation of the Scripture when our hearts turn to see the one in the midst. When our hearts turn to see the Lord of glory. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Everything, the testimony, everything are for that one end, one purpose. And see, that's what's governing Abram. That's why the Lord says, you know, uh, lift up your eyes, look north, south, east, west, go walk through the land. Because you will walk in purpose. You will walk in the light of my countenance. You'll walk in the purpose for which I created your soul, my very appearing. And you will walk in the light of my countenance. Not light that I shine on you, light that I give you. No, no, no. The light that is found in my face. You will walk in truth. You will walk in reality. You will walk in purpose. You will, you will walk in faith. Seeing what cannot be seen by the natural eye. But what is seen by the eye of the heart. The eye of the soul. The eye of faith. It's all here. It's all here, and it's 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 just beautifully pictured there. <clears throat> um, for I will give it unto thee. Walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it. For I will give it unto thee. That's verse seventeen, and then verse eighteen. Let's see if I've got any more notes. Yeah, uh, just with that, where the Lord says, uh, "Walk through through it." walk through the land, the length and the breadth of it, for uh, I will give it unto thee. I, I have written here, go with the purpose of seeing the Lord who is present in the entirety of the land. Go with the purpose of seeing the Lord who is present in the entirety of the land. See, there's... Three passages, three separate passages, passages that I'm thinking of right here. One of them is in, uh, I think it's like, forgive me, I, I didn't write these down and search them earlier. 
But uh, one I think is like in Exodus or Deuteronomy, maybe Numbers, I'm not sure, forgive me. But uh, there, basically the situation in that passage is that all Israel, you know, this is, this is years after and uh, Jacob goes to Egypt and Israel is increased in Egypt and the Lord sends Moses to, or, yeah, uh, to Egypt to bring out the Israelites and there, um, they're about ready to cross in. They're, they're about ready to come into the land. And everybody says, no, 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 we're not going to go. We're, no, it's, it's, too, it's too much for us. We can't handle it. We'll lose our life. Listen, we'll lose what we believe to be our life. We'll lose our concept of, we be, of what we believe is our life. No, we don't want that. We don't want that. I like, I like, I like what I, I believe. I'll hold to my, my message. I'll hold to my doctrine. I'm not going to lose that. That's what keeps me. Well, God keeps us. Our doctrines don't keep us. Our messages don't keep us. L- look at Lot's doctrine. Lot's message did not keep him. He went straight to Sodom and Gomorrah, pointing his tent towards Sodom. Zoloma. You know? The Lord keeps us. So, uh, in the, and once again, in that, in that passage from the three that I just mentioned, the Lord says, okay, surely I live, says the Lord. And that's kind of how it says, surely I live. I'm the life here. There is no other life. I'm the one. I'm the living one. Surely I live. And my glory fills the land. And I think the King James says, my glory will fill the land. Okay? Goes on a little bit further with Isaiah. And with Isaiah, the, the, the whole land of Canaan where Israel is, it's all in disarray in the natural Things, things aren't looking the way they should be looking. Things aren't going the way they should be going because what's going on basically is that their hearts are turned unto something less than the purpose of God for which He created the land. Okay? But Isaiah, in, and I think it's Isaiah chapter... Let me put my pen here. I think it's Isaiah chapter 6, verse... Um, Go the wrong way. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 6, verse... Yeah, I'll just start with verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne and high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. I saw the Lord high and lifted up. He saw something beyond the natural eye could see. Verse 2, above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another, and this is the heavenly declaration. It's the heavenly declaration. And said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. 
the whole earth, and you can look at that term earth, it also means land, the whole land is full of his glory. That's the heavenly declaration. That is reality, whether man sees it or not. Whether man is governed by it or not. The last passage, because there were three that I was thinking of, I think it's like in Amos or Habakkuk, forgive me, it's one of those two. And... uh, The Lord basically says this through that prophet. He says, And the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Now it's the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. The two previous passages, it's just the glory of the Lord that fills the land, that fills the earth, right here. But uh, now in, in this other one, it's either Habakkuk or Amos, Forgive me. I can't remember which one it is, but you can check it out. It says, Now the knowledge will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's why God Himself, as He declared to Abram, Okay, Abram, walk. Walk. Back in Genesis. Walk. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Walk. Walk in the purpose for which the land exists. Walk in the purpose for which I called you in the first place. Walk in the purpose that is now governing your heart. Because once again, all there is to see in the land is the glory of the Lord, the Lord of glory. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And it's just a beautiful, it's just a beautiful testimony of Christ appearing and continuing to appear where He is. And in our hearts, the hearts of the believer, Christ being magnified. And I know that... uh, um, I'll use this example because I've, I've shared it with a lot of different people, but it's, it rings true. Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote The Chronicles of Narnia. And in one of the, one of the books, I think it was the, the second one, forgive me, I can't remember exactly which one it was. Um, I think Lucy sees Aslan, but no one else can see him. Well, Aslan is a type of Christ. She sees the Lord. No one else can see him. And she says, basically, she has a conversation with him. And she says, wow, you're much bigger now. And his response is something like, every time you see me, I will appear greater and bigger. And see, that's it. From this day, I will begin, this day, I will begin to magnify thee in all the sight of Israel. And that's what the Lord declared to Joshua when they came into the land. This day will I begin to magnify thee. And I just love it with Abram because the Lord did this. The Lord brought Abram from the very beginning to come unto the end. That is, 
the purpose for which He called him in the first place. And then, see, it's not a one-time thing because God is living. He is not, the Lord is not a message. He's not a teaching. He's not a doctrine. He's not any of that. He's not any of that. He is a person. And that's why the Lord says to him, now walk. Walk throughout the whole. Walk throughout the whole of it. Through the whole of the land. Walk in purpose because purpose governs you. Walk throughout the whole of it because you will walk in purpose. This thy seeing me and thy seeing me hereafter. From this point, hereafter. And Abram did. And we'll, we'll continue to see that uh, as, we, as we continue on just looking at Abram. And verse 18 then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Another altar of what is governing. So from here he goes down a little south to Mamre, uh, in between, which is basically in Hebron. Uh, and there he built another altar. He's walking in purpose. He's governed in the purpose of the land. And I just love that. The Lord, the Lord puts no constraints or restraints on Abram because his heart is already constrained and of, of reality. And um, if you want any more further on this, uh, I'll, I'll point you to one of Raven's classes that he did, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago, where he just defines the borders, the boundaries of Israel. And it's really beautiful. Uh, but he really goes into depth into that. But this is what now governs uh, Abram's heart, what he is able to bear in his heart. Uh, And, of course, it's not what governs um, Lot, though Abram would love for purpose to govern Lot as well. But there you have it. Um, as I, as I stated, it's not good enough because, see, uh, I will say this, with Abram, it, it was not a message. It wasn't just something that, that Abram heard God speak. No. The Lord appeared the second. And that's what it was all about. It says that the Lord appeared unto Abram. It doesn't say anything about the Lord appearing to Lot. But Lot tagged along, though. And maybe he had, uh, I, know, I know he definitely heard Abram, or Abram's words, what Abram would declare of what the Lord had declared unto him. I know Lot was listening and knowing because Abram was declaring out of the abundance of his heart to all those who were with him. And it's natural, we all do that. <clears throat> and... Uh, so that's what's going on with Abram the whole time. He's walking in the appearing of the Lord. But with, with Lot, it was yet still maybe a message, maybe a doctrine, maybe a good teaching, maybe a good sermon. Hey, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe a good conversation. But the Lord doesn't want it to be a conversation. The Lord doesn't want it to be a teaching. The Lord doesn't want it to be a good message. The Lord doesn't want it to be a good doctrine. The Lord 
brought Abram unto his very own appearing. Unto the Lord brought Abram from the very get-go, called him for his, the Lord's very own appearing, for the Lord to appear, for Abram to witness the appearing of the Lord, of a person. That's what he was called unto from the very beginning. This is the purpose for which he was called. And this is the purpose for which all souls exist and all souls are called of God. Unto a person. <clears throat> so, there's uh, this class, I guess. I know my alarm's been going off. You've probably been hearing it buzzing. <laughs> I've got it cut off, but it's still kind of shakes the table or whatever. But that's, that's what it's all about. Uh, Abram is free to walk the land. Abram actually is directed of God to walk the land. I mean, God said, now, you know, now walk, now walk, now walk. Don't remain stagnant because this is the thing. As soon as we, as soon as we, Abram moved his tent, as soon as we camp in one little place, sooner or later, that unto us will become a doctrine or a teaching or a message. And that's not what God wants. This what he wants is this, thy seeing me, and thy seeing me hereafter. What he wants is this day will I begin to magnify thee in all the sight of Israel. And I'll just use a phrase that uh, this one brother uh, would tell me all the, time, all the time. He says, keep it real. God keeps it real. And how does he do that? He presents Christ. He directs the heart unto his Son. And that keeps it real in our own heart. So, with that, I'll just uh, let you all go. And um, we'll see you in our next class uh, next week. And the Lord bless you. Um, We'll see you in our next class. Amen.